We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast. We've got a special Thursday bonus episode this week. Uh, if you've been on Twitter at all and dialed into the sports world, you've seen the videos of Wes Blankenship. Uh, Wes is a sports broadcaster, play-by-play guy, but he has made these videos uh, about a fictional high school called Coffee Town and their football team, and Wes is impersonating a high school football announcer. It is the videos are perfect. They hit home for me. Uh, they hit home for for anyone who's ever listened to high school football. He's great, so I had to have him on to uh, to do a special episode talking high school football movies in honor of uh, of state starting for Texas high school football playoffs. Um, Wes was a great guy. We had a really fun conversation. We kind of tackled all the high school football movies really early in this podcast. I think I did like three in the first five episodes. So I wanted to find a way to to bring those back and talk about them again because I love the high school football movie genre and and reaching out to Wes and having Wes on was a um, you know a great way to do that. Uh, definitely go check out his stuff. Follow him on social media. Go you know follow his YouTube channel. Check out his podcast Back Porch Sports. The stuff he's doing is really funny, really good. Um, and, you know just a just a good guy to follow on Twitter. Um, you know talk sports with. So yeah, definitely check out Wes's stuff. Um, as always, you know, subscribe. We're still in the middle of DCOM December. That's Disney Channel original movie December. Uh, next week is going to be a double episode. We've got Luck of the Irish with Whitney McIntosh from MLB.com. And then Johnny Tsunami with my buddy Will DeFreeze from the Circling Back podcast. So definitely check those out if you're enjoying DCOM December. If you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. You know you know the drill. Those, those help the podcast grow. And uh, I think with that, it's time to talk high school football movies with Wes Blankenship. Okay, I am joined today for some high school football movie talk by an Atlanta area sports broadcaster and host of Back Porch Sports. You might have seen his videos on, uh, on TikTok, Wes Blankenship. Wes, thank you so much for joining me today. Kyle, thanks for having me on, man. Of course, of course. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the stuff you've been putting out recently. I've got to ask you right away, tell me about uh, Coffee Town, how that came about, and then tell me about your podcast, Back Porch Sports. Yeah, so Coffee Town, if you've grown up uh, in the South or in any small Southern town or any small town in the United States, for that matter, if you drive around on a Friday night in the fall, 
you hear these voices that are calling high school football games. And no matter which counties you're driving through, you might lose the signal on one and pick up another one a few miles down the road. You can instantly tell that the voice and the person behind that mic has a limitless passion for the team that they're announcing the game for. And I've grown up in Georgia my entire life, and that ranges from South Georgia and Savannah to growing up in Gwinnett County, which is right outside of Atlanta. And I've also worked for several years in the central part of the state. So I feel like geographically, I've covered a lot of the Peach State. And the one thing, the one constant is high school football and the passion for it that you can hear through those voices, no matter what part of the state you're in. So I would say that the idea of, I guess, not even really doing the Coffee Town clips, but just commenting on that part of our heritage and that part of our culture really started in my first career stop in Macon, Georgia, which is uh, about two hours south of Atlanta, right in the middle of the state. And you just hear these teams that I'm not afraid to admit it, even though I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta, they do high school football right in the central and south parts of the state. And the competition is unreal. The rivalries are unreal. And I think that ratchets up some of what you hear on the radio airwaves from week to week. And I just heard this concentrated passion for the game, and it really just kind of stuck with me. And my sense of humor, I love to comment on things, but I like to kind of put my own spin on it. And I think that's where the whole idea of, hey, maybe uh, as I'm you know, a free agent right now. I don't have a full-time job at the moment. Let me use some of my creative energy to comment on this part of our state and this part of our region. And as I did it, I sent the tweets out and the caption was high school football radio announcers in the South. Well, I got responses from people in California. I got responses from people in Iowa and Maryland. And it just really opened my eyes to the fact that not only is this something that Southerners can relate to. It's something that our entire country identifies with. Okay, Dirtville and Coffee Town been talking about it all week. Time for the Big Tire pregame show. We'll send it down to Coach Swansea. Coach, talk to us about your guys. Coach, tell us about this game. Okay, Bartrez kicks it off for Coffee Town. It's a touchback. Coffee Town hands it off to Donnie Chugs. Chugs picks up three. Chugs again picks up two. Man, that joker can run. Whoa! Man alive, that sucker can carry the football. I tell you what, just give the ball to Donnie Chugs and let that turkey work. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a suburb of San Antonio, and I, you know, hearing your uh, your clips, they made me crack up. They were extreme. This podcast focuses on authenticity in sports movies, but that was about as authentic a uh, a clip as I'd ever seen. It, hit, it hits the nail on the head. Um, and I will uh, will link those in the show notes. Tell me about your podcast, Backboard Sports. Yeah, so I started doing this over the summer. It was a lot shorter duration, but I would kind of, whether I was done doing some yard work or I just gotten back from the gym, I would just kind of set up outside with a glass of water and just dish on whatever was going on in sports that week. And I would put that on Instagram, IGTV. I was just kind of experimenting with that. And uh, they were just a couple minute long clips, but I was just sitting in my backyard and just sitting at my back patio table. And I got surprisingly good reception from people not only like that follow me that are my friends but are also in the industry and they're like this is a really unique way to 
present your information and to talk about what's going on just because it feels so homey. Like it feels like I am sitting on the back porch with you is what I'd heard from multiple people. And I just kind of took that and ran with it as I started my own podcast now and just felt like, you know, if that brand resonated with people and that setup resonated with people, then maybe it would be a good starting point for a podcast. So that's where it started. And as far as the content goes right now, it's a lot of college football playoff talk and SEC football. I have a couple episodes already, uh, or I have one episode airing Wednesday. One's already up from Monday, just previewing the Georgia LSU game. And that's a lot of the content. Unfortunately, the Falcons haven't given me too much of a reason to talk a ton about them. But, uh, you know, as football season wanes down and we get more into the NBA recruiting and that kind of thing, I will uh, have to innovate a little bit more. But as you know, football talk never really dies in our part of the country. It's a uh, it's a 24-7 thing. Um, and, and that's why you are the you're the perfect person to come on and just talk about the the high school football movie genre. Uh, we early on in this podcast before the name change back when it was called Trouble with the Script, uh, we knocked out a few of those movies, and I've wanted to revisit that because we you know did them early in the podcast. We're still ironing some things out, so I just wanted to revisit the genre. the The high school football movie subset is a great. Uh, there, there's kind of a pocket of of good and bad sports movies there. But I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't put this on the run sheet. But if you had to pick an actor to play the head coach of Coffee Town High School, who who would be that actor? Who comes to mind? Who's head coach in Coffee Town? Oh man, I would love to see. Uh, me and my brother-in-law were talking the other day about how funny it is that Billy Bob Thornton not only played Bad Santa, but he also played the coach uh, Gary Gaines in Friday Night Lights. So I I would almost want someone that has displayed the ability to be a little irreverent, maybe a little bit older, uh, but also has that football coach mentality. You know what? I'd love to see Christian Bale. I feel like Christian Bale is so versatile, and he can play anybody. He can pick up any type of accent. And uh, I'd love to see him just be a a nitty-gritty, just foul-mouthed Southern football coach. Yeah, I would would actually love to see that myself. So... uh... Yeah, that when they when they eventually make the Coffee Town movie, uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll hit up Christian Bale for that. Um, starting off, this isn't high school football movie specific for you, Wes. What makes a good sports movie in general? Something I like to ask all my guests. Everyone kind of likes sports movies for different reasons. You know, I think believability is is the number one thing. We don't always know when we see a, a movie that's based on anything in real life. We don't always know what that world is like. Like. I think about the Wolf of Wall Street. We don't all know what the top of the line uh, lifestyle on Wall Street is like. So when you see things that are a little outlandish, your imagination is a little bit more open to that. But I think we all in one way or another have an exposure to the world of sports, whether it's through a family member or a friend or ourselves, period. If something jumps off the page or jumps off the movie screen that is unbelievable, that really kind of distracts us from the moment and takes us out of watching that film and takes us away from what the story is. So I think believability, whether it's a storyline in a, in a game or with an individual, if it's too unbelievable, too outlandish, I think it really hurts the quality of the film. So I'd have to say believability. That is music to my ears. That is the, the mission statement of this podcast. Love to hear it. 
because I, I agree. I mean, it, this podcast is all about celebrating authenticity in sports films, and obviously, there's you know spoofs and stuff that are supposed to be. But if you're you're trying to do something dead serious or serious enough, you, you're a hundred percent right. It definitely takes away. Let's get into our uh, pick, picking our top four high school football movies. Uh, Wes, what was your number four? Uh, my number four, it, we actually mentioned coming in to the show that I hadn't seen it in a while, but it definitely stuck with me as a, as, I think I saw it when I was in like fifth grade and there's like the infamous scene with the teacher at the strip club. So that one definitely stuck with me for a while. I'd have to say Varsity Blues is my number four. All-timer, though. Yeah, that was my number three. It's kind of, uh, we, we talked off mic. You said it was, uh, you had done some reading. It was based on Friday Night Lights. It's kind of like the caricature of Friday Night Lights. It's really the fantasy of small-town Texas football, but it, it's really fun. What is your, uh, my my number four is Gridiron Gang, which is kind of an off-the-wall choice. I don't know if that hit your list. But the the movie, it's okay, but it, it kind of hinges on The Rock just making things enjoyable. And it's kind of early in that run where you start to realize that if you put him in almost anything, <laughs> it's just worthwhile. Yeah. He's just likable. Uh, and it's peak Pimp My Ride exhibit, so that, that hits a chord for me. Uh, what is your number three? Um, I'd have to say radio. And it's just one of those films that maybe isn't on a lot of people's list, but it was different to me because – it had a, a, an individual storyline. And I think it showed how a high school football team can rally around someone that isn't on the team. And I think that's realistic. I think you see that all the time now, whether you're at a high school football game or you're reading a story about a community interest piece about what a high school football team has done off the field. And I think radio and the true story of that uh, captures it pretty, pretty accurately. Yeah, Ed Harris, Cuba Gooding Jr., well-acted movie. I uh, can't argue with it. You already named my number three. My number three is Varsity Blues. What is your number two? Number two, and this is a tough one. I think a lot of people are going to flip-flop these ones and twos. I would imagine we've got the same one and two in some particular yeah, order. Yeah, it's, it's like the college football playoff standings week to week. Exactly, exactly. But, one of these teams gets to play, uh, has to play Clemson, yeah. and the, the other is going to have to play Utah. Right. Um I'd I'd have to say remember the Titans. Uh, That's my number two. Same, same. Went the same direction. And I think we'll touch on this a little bit later, but the believability, maybe not there, but Denzel Washington, how can you beat that, man? How can you beat his acting? How can you beat what he did in that role? The quotability of that movie, the soundtrack, it's got it all. Yeah, it's great. It's a powerhouse performance by Denzel. uh, It's the Disney formula through and through which I think is why it's my number two and not my number one, but it's really good. It's really rewatchable because it's on TV. feels like every day. You can always catch it on TNT. Uh, it, it, you know, it, um, it's got some glaring stuff, you know, I, mm-hmm. that I think we're going to talk about in a bit, uh, but, it, you know, it's really enjoyable. And, uh, Wes, your number one, hit me with it. Number one is Friday Night Lights before yes, sir. the TV show came out. And for me... That, that movie is so, it's just a nostalgia choice on top of it being the film that it is. It came out in 2004. I was a freshman in high school when that movie came out. I had just started to play football. I wasn't allowed to play for health reasons before high school. So it was like this emotional depiction of high school football that is over the top at times, like any high school football movie or any football movie in general is. But at the same time, I just loved it and it was just a unique way to introduce me to what playing uh, high school football would be like. And then also me and my buddies would watch it in college 
before we went on any big road trip. It was just like this weird tradition that we started where uh, if we were going to go on a big road trip or we had a big football weekend or maybe it was just before the football season started, we watched that movie once a year together. And uh, the, the laptops went off, the phones went away, and we were just sucked in to watching that movie. And I don't think there's any high school football movie as quotable as that one. Yeah, I love Friday Night Lights. Uh, I, I'm very, it's very personal to me. I went to, I went to college in Odessa, Texas. I've been to a Permian football game. Oh wow! Um, I, I love the book. I, I read the book in high school, and 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 really, the the book is actually a great read. But uh, the football action is really, it looks really good. It's kind of, you know, the action's kind of a concussion montage. They show a ton of just brutal hits. But I think it's the most authentically feeling film in terms of plot and what they really get out of high school football and kind of what that's like, especially in a town like Odessa in the 80s. Uh, it's well acted. You mentioned Billy Bob Thornton earlier. Does a, you know, does a pretty good job as, as Gary Gaines. Uh, that, that movie just feels high school football through and through. It's not as campy as a Remember the Titans, so I think that's why it gets the nod. Uh, love, love Friday Night Lights. Wes, do you have a least favorite high school football movie? Because uh, if you don't, I do. I don't I don't have a least favorite. Well, I'll t- okay. I'll tell you this, and if, if any of my Bible Belt listeners are offended by this, I'm sorry, but... There's a uh, kind of like a smaller budget movie, and I'm a believer. I have no issue with the uh, mission of this film, but there was a movie made a while ago called, and I got to look it up again, but it was, okay, and it was called Facing the Giants. And it's not that it was my least favorite, because I don't want to disrespect the mission of the film and, and what it was made for and what it stands for. Fully believe in it. I just... You know, one of, one of my buddies was uh, uh, an extra in the movie, and I just felt like I couldn't really focus on it because I was, like, looking for him and laughing at how goofy he looks. So that might not answer your question entirely. It's not my, like, least favorite. I didn't hate it by any means, but that was one that wouldn't make my top four list by any means, and I, I still kind of uh, have a, a unique take on, on how it played out. But what's yours? So my least favorite is a it's a little bit better known of a movie uh, and this is kind of a hot take. My least favorite is The Blind Side okay. where they basically insinuate that a rich white woman teaches Michael Orr how to play football. And that's not entirely how it went down. I think it's a little inciting or insulting to uh to Michael Orr. It's got bonus points that it's got Coach O in it now who is a uh, a meme god at this point. Right. But uh you know, I have never I have not liked The Blind Side. I really don't think it has aged that well. Nothing against Sandra Bullock. She puts on a powerhouse performance. She deserved that Oscar. I love Sandra Bullock. I will watch Speed every single day of the week. But uh, I am just not a Blind Side guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it takes takes you out of the film when you are aware of the real true story. It was uh, much more publicized than the Permian Panthers football team was. So instantly you're able to kind of fact check really easily how things went down and i think you're right it doesn't really doesn't really play that well mm-hmm. i think uh i think michael Orr had a, had a problem with it too um he he's he's mentioned before some of the things about it it just kind of insinuating that he didn't know how to play football whereas in reality he got on that field and was you know he was a five-star recruit right away so let's get into something a little more positive let's go with our our four favorite player characters uh, Wes, who's your number four? 
My number four is Hayden Panettiere in Remember the Titans. I think she plays... Oh, interesting choice. I I think she plays a vital role in that film. She is a a Band-Aid. She's the glue when there's a lot of racial tension. And she helps her dad see the uh, necessary steps that he has to take as a leader and uh, on that football team to play his role and do his part as the team is trying to combat a lot of racial injustice. And she has a great relationship with Denzel Washington, just an instant icebreaker straight through the heart, Hayden Panettiere and remember the Titans. That's a, that's an interesting choice. That's a good choice. I, I can't, I can't argue with it. Uh, my number four is Ronnie Bass quarterback in uh, remember the Titans. I think as far as sports movie quarterbacks throwing motions, I think he takes the cake. I think he has the best one. It looks like he can really sling a left-handed football. It looks like he can really run that option. Uh, played by Kip Pardue. You know, just enjoyable character. Uh, like Ronnie Bass, like that movie, it you know, it, it works for me. Who is your number three? My number three is the coach in Not Another Team movie, who is Oh hell who yes. is the the <laughs> ultimate just can he play? Doesn't look good, coach. Can he play? He's in a coma. Answer my question. Can he play? I don't even think he can breathe. We got to get him to a hospital immediately. You listen to me right now. I don't care what you have to do. Reggie Ray stays in the game, goddammit. Just <laughs> that, that, that question I feel like is much more realistic than a lot of high school football coaches would want to admit. And uh, he's just so funny, man. Like he, He's one of those guys that as we talk about more of the serious high school football movies, that guy is a hilarious caricature of what high school football coaches can be like. The football scene in Not Another Teen Movie is just an all-time Reggie Ray coming up to the line, just like strapped to the other guy's legs. Just all-time where a kid gets split in the end zone. Uh, it, pretty pretty funny that Chris Evans went on to be Captain America after being yeah. Jake Weiler in Not Another Teen Movie. It's amazing. Uh, my number three, yeah, my number three is another quarterback, John Moxon from uh, Varsity Blues. You know, you, after you get after you get over Vanderbeek's Texas accent, it's almost nice to see a high school football player character whose whole life isn't about football. Your attitude's wrong. Your tone of voice is wrong. This is your opportunity for here. you playing football in West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime, but I don't want your life. You know, he's kind of. We we talked about this in the episode way back when when we covered Varsity Blues, but you don't don't completely buy the whole going to Brown shtick, and he he's pretty whiny, but he's a he's a reliable narrator for the film, so I enjoy John Moxon. Who is your number two, Wes? Uh, I, I think because big guys don't get enough love in general in the world of football, but Billy Bob and Varsity Blues. Just steals the show, man. He's got the personality, steals any scene that he's in. And I think they show what a true offensive lineman mentality is like in high school football, man. It's just gritty. It's nasty. Always the underdog. So I got to go with Billy Bob. R.I.P. to Ron Lester, who played Billy Bob. Uh, Great character. Absolutely. My number two is kind of, I went package deal. I went Gary Bertier and Julius the the two the two brothers the friends 
I don't think a whole lot needs to be said about the they're the the players who are the driving force and remember the Titans. Uh, that friendship is kind of the whole message of the movie. Uh, the fight, you know, the fight against racism. It's you know, it's very still very Disney, but they they both do a great job. Yep, left side, strong side. Uh, left side, strong side. Who is your number one? My number one. Sorry, this is way too obvious after I already told you my number one movie. But my number one character is Booby Miles, and I, great minds think alike. Yeah. He is also my number one. He's just uh, great. We can we can talk about the same thing. I think if you've read the book Friday Night Lights, not to be that guy, I read the book, but if you read the book, you know that this was a truly larger than life guy in real life. And I think the portrayal of him in the film is that he was getting the collegiate attention. His uncle was raising him and doing his best to keep his dreams alive. And just, just the range. I, I think the acting honestly is what what seals it in that film but to see booby miles on the screen to see him go out and fight the injury fight the acl tear most of the quotes from that movie that you can quote the best are from booby miles you're trying to take my football you want to win me. put booby in you want to win put booby in let booby spin i mean those are the those are the quintessential moments of that film and it's really hard to think about that movie. It's impossible to think about that movie without thinking about him. And also, he's made it into pop culture now. Tua Tungavailoa was injured in the Alabama game a couple weeks ago. And everyone on Twitter immediately started to say that Nick Saban pulled a Booby Miles. So I think uh, for all those reasons, Booby Miles, the greatest high school football character ever in film. Yeah, he's is great performance by Derek Luke. I think the the best thing about the performance, the best thing about the character of Booby Miles that we see on screen is not the in-game action. It's very fun to see him, you know, at, at his peak in the first game of that movie. It's obviously tough to see the injury, but it is the the last scene and the not the last scene we see, but when he gets in the car, he picks up his stuff from the locker room, gets in his car, yeah. and you see what it is like when football has been taken away from him, the entire vision for his future has has been flushed. Now what are we going to do? I can't do nothing else but play football. Hey, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about I can't be do nothing else. I can't do nothing else but play football. What? We practiced it. We, we practiced You told me he was going to go to the pro. And him, him crying to his uncle, it is one of the more emotional scenes in any high school football movie. And it, do, it doesn't feel campy. It doesn't feel, you know, it, it just, it's real. And it, it's a great scene. Uh, you're right. He's a great character. It's hard. Let's move it's, on to favorite it's, coach. It's just heartbreaking, man. That was a heartbreaking scene. It is. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's another reason why that movie's so good is that it, it has a scene like that. A lot of high school football movies and characters are pretty surface level. And the character of Booby Miles gets really deep, and I think that's you know that's why he's the best player character of uh, in high school football. Let's get into favorite coach. Do you have any any just nominees before listing number one? I think number one might be a little obvious for both of us. Um, any nominees? Uh, or just honorable mentions like I Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues. We when we covered it on the episode back, I think it was episode four, is a while back, it was almost a year ago. Bud Kilmer's kind of misunderstood. Like yes, he's an asshole. Yes, he he is 
criminal in having hurt kids take painkillers and play in high school football, but he's not the first person to ever do that. But he's kind of a little misunderstood. He's, yeah, like, obviously he should be pissed that his backup quarterback was reading on the sidelines instead of participating and, you know, instead of calling in signals or anything. Yes, he should want his quarterback to play the right way and, and run his offense as he sees fit because he's the coach. So Bud Kilmer, huge piece of shit, but a little misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to re-nominate the Not Another Teen Movie coach because I don't think he gets enough respect. But I think you're right. I think uh, Kilmer definitely misunderstood. Couldn't win the locker room, which is unfortunate. But he, Tough for he him. Des- tough scene. Tough for him, and he deserves more respect. Absolutely. I think I think favorite coach, pretty obvious. It's it's Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington. Remember the yeah. Titans. You can't you can't beat Denzel. You just can't beat him, man. He had the like just the persona. Can you imagine being a leader at that time when uh, a high school football locker room was as divided as it was and uh, just the accurate depiction of, of him and that character? You can't beat it. You can't touch it. He uh we do a thing on this podcast called the brick wall test. Would you run through a brick wall to play for that man? And Denzel in this movie is absolutely a hundred percent. Yes. He is the originator of the brick wall test. He is the, the litmus test for that. Uh, great, you know, just a powerhouse performance. And that's the movie's relying on that. The movie basically gave the reins to Denzel and said, Hey, you got to carry us to the end zone. And he absolutely does that. Big screen sports is presented by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction, not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we just avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm not feeling it, or I just had to watch the Cowboys lose, there's no way I'm in the mood. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Whole process is straightforward, simple, and most importantly, it's discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Now back to the podcast. Do you have a least favorite character in a high school football movie? It is okay to say no, but do you have one? You know, I think by least favorite, I love to hate this guy, and it's Don Billingsley's dad, played by Tim McGraw. Oh man, in, real in son of a Night bitch. Lights. He's such a scumbag, man. Like, like telling the telling Don's girlfriend, "Oh, you grown up, girl." Like, like lines like that just make your skin crawl, man. But yeah, I just think he makes that movie, obviously, with the scene at the end with the state championship ring. But that is the classic case of you can't get out of your own way. And he's like the exact opposite of the Ball family now. Like, he's he's not trying to hype he his really son is. up. He's doing everything he can to tear his son down if he doesn't perform well. So I think because of the way that dads are 
kind of portrayed today in sports and sports media, and they're almost making things about themselves in the limelight. To see a character like that is like oddly refreshing, but he's a terrible person. Complete scumbag. Miley's favorite goes a different direction. It's Petey from Remember the Titans. He's a whiner, he's a quitter, and he gets a redemption arc that he really doesn't deserve. He quits on his team twice and somehow gets to be the hero. You hate to see it. You really yeah, hate to see it. That that was honestly my least favorite part about the whole story. Yeah, I hate the Petey redemption arc. It's it's not what I want. I would have rather seen, you know, I, I also I don't understand if Ryan Gosling's character, you know, there's the whole thing, right? The the meme you know, don't forget Ryan Gosling was a liability at cornerback and remember mm-hmm. the Titans, but he was he was all district or a player of the week of whatever his dad's going off on Boone about, you know, how good a player he is. You don't go from player of the week good to unplayable bad in a year unless you have like an injury or gain some weight. So that whole thing, there's a lot of uh I got a lot of questions. Um, but let's get into our favorite in game scenes. What is your your number three? Going picking our three favorite uh, in game action scenes, actual football action, actual football action. Number three, just because it's, I guess the least realistic. Obviously, is uh, Marty getting torn in half, and and not another team <laughs> movie. And that's, I'm so glad you brought not another teen movie in this because I hadn't even given any thought, and I love not another teen movie. Well, it's just it, one of my favorites. It goes hand in hand with Varsity Blues, as it should. You know, it, it's obviously a ripoff of it, but uh, that is my number three, just because of how, uh, gosh, it just you can't help but remember it. It's so <laughs> like the imagery of it. It's a it's a gif. It's a meme. It's whatever you want to call it. It's perfect, and uh, that's why I think it's at number three. They have the Foo Fighters music going as the ball's yep. in the air for an absurdly long amount of time, and that, it's just it's so good. Uh, my number three is a little more serious. It's the opening game from Friday Night Lights. It's just high school football in a nutshell. You get the pregame speech. You get the excited crowd. You get sideline talk, proud parents, booby miles going off. You get uh, credit to you. You get the high school football announcers in there a little bit. Just a good... Kind of a you know good three four minutes of this is what high school football is like in the South. Yep. Uh, good good solid scene. What is your number two? Uh, I'm going a little old school with Forrest Whitaker in Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, when Ooh. he just tears up the opposing team after uh, he hears that they've messed with his car. I believe is what set him off and just the look on his face. It, none of it is believable. I'm I'm going more. Uh, non-believable which i know is is not what your show is all about and i started the entire interview telling you that a good sports movie is how believable it is but as far as scenes go that one is just it's fantastic and i think it sums up like the legend of a high school football player pretty well there was a a great twitter thread about a week or so ago spencer hall of course my favorite twitter follow ever but he said he said something along the lines of loving stories about hearing like superhuman, you know, athletes in high school. And there was a thread of people just being like, you know, this guy destroyed my team and you know, like uh, you know, I played high school football against Sean Taylor or something and he, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Right. And so that scene that you're talking about is just the the perfect example of it of what it is like when a superhuman plays among mortals which is a lot of times in high school football is what you get it's it's 
when there is a special talent, you can just it's same thing with Booby Miles. That that scene I was talking about from Friday Night Lights is that when there is a a talent above a five star recruit, a big recruit, they just do they do different things. When I was a senior in high school, uh, I didn't play football, but our team was we were, it was the week we we're gonna play arch rivals. Found out their quarterback got suspended for something. And they were going to play some sophomore wide receiver as their quarterback. And we were like, oh, my God, we might actually win. That sophomore quarterback was Johnny Manziel. And he oh, had like wow. 600 total huh. yards. Yeah, he didn't He didn't, didn't give the job back after that. But it's just like when you see that's, – that's the special thing about high school football is when you see a specimen that is just a different level of talented – it's it's like watching it's like watching a movie it's like watching that scene at, at on fast time so that's actually a uh, it's actually a good representation of high school football if you search Forrest Whitaker fast times at Ridgemont High like the image that comes up is just this solo shot of him gritting his teeth uh, behind a, a face mask and it's it's the face mask that goes vertically as well over his face and has that crossbar and it's just a uh, it just sums him up perfectly. It sums up his reaction to his car getting trashed and what a high school football player would actually do in the ensuing game. It's a good one. Uh, I I can't argue with it. My number two is the last play from Friday Night Lights. It's Winchell doing superhuman things, trying to run, get to the end zone. And it shows the toughest thing about high school sports, I think, is the the moment when they end. Um, high school football, especially, I mean, high school sports in general, but but high school football especially is special for better or worse because it makes mostly normal kids kind of feel like heroes or superstars for a few years playing under the lights in front of your hometown fans and stuff and that moment when it ends is tough i think it's very common for high school athletes college athletes to cry your last game i know i did and that moment of they come up a yard short of winning state uh and you, you get the moment you talked about earlier with with uh, Billingsley and his dad. Uh, it's it's a gut punch, and it's it's good on field action mixed with a just harsh reality of what high school sports are like. So, um, definitely one of my favorites. What is your number one in game scene? My number one. Am I allowed to use a, a locker room speech? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then it's uh, Gary Gaines, Friday Night Lights getting the clean sweep for me in most, in most of these questions today. But the uh, halftime speech paired with Preacher Man's message to the team mixed in with uh, Midland Lee's locker room scene, I just think it's wonderfully edited, and it breaks up the sentimental. Because it's not, it's not textbook. It's not a cliched halftime speech from Billy Bob Thornton. Um, it, it really draws your attention in, and I think a lot of people still can watch it and get motivation from it today, whether they're playing football or not. But I love just the juxtaposition of how they do that and how they edit it. And they just, they pair this, okay, here's your traditional halftime speech, but here's also how the players fire each other up. And I think it just is so powerful the way that they treated and filmed and edited that halftime speech in the state championship game is just a thing of beauty. See, you went authentic with yours, with your pick for number one, and that and that is, it's a really good one. I went kind of campy and inauthentic. It is when, uh, my number one is when Rev gets hurt in Remember the Titans, and Herman Boone calls on Ronnie Bass, and he gives him that, you know, that 
really kind of cliche, but the 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 speech about I had twelve brothers and sisters and they were needing me. You're the captain. You're yeah. gonna, you know, captain your troops. I love that speech. I love it. It gives me the chills every time. There's nothing better than a big chill moment. Ronnie comes out, says, "Let the guy through." Pops him. Uh, it is. I, I don't know why. I love that moment. I love that scene. If Remember the Titans is on TNT, I've got to get to that scene. I'm I'm sitting through all the commercials in order to get to that scene because I love when it happens. You got one minute, Coach. Take the other town out, Coach. Ronnie Bass! Coach, Bass going back in, man. Not a quarterback, son. I can make that pitch, Coach. Yes, you can. When I was 15 years old, I lost my mother and my father in the same month, Ronnie. Same month. Twelve brothers and sisters, I was the youngest one, but they were all looking up to me. Now, I wasn't ready yet either, but they needed me. Your team needs you tonight. You're the colonel. You're going to command your troops tonight. You understand? Twins right, 48-0 read. Let's go. Let's go. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Show some life in those legs. I got it. It's going to be all right. But you released this time. Louis, let him through, all right? What? Just let him through. Trust me. You had 12 brothers and sisters? Eight. Yeah, 12 sounds better. Yeah, it's uh, just another, another example about why Denzel Washington was the perfect choice for that role. Yeah, he uh, dominated the movie... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I like that scene. If it's another actor, even I love Billy Bob Thornton. I'm not sure Billy Bob Thornton can do the same thing with that with that uh, speech as as Denzel. Going to get you out of here with a couple ending questions. This podcast, obviously, you know, it, it's about appreciating sports movies, but it's also about appreciating realism. And sometimes there's glaring things, especially in high school football movies that I, I don't understand. I, my first question for you is, why don't you think the West Cannon Cougars from Varsity Blues play in the playoffs? It, it, it has driven me crazy since I saw the movie. They win district, and in the, the ending montage, uh, John Moxon says it was the last football game we ever played. But why? I mean, maybe they got some sort of reward for playing that – was unconventional kind of like my my coffee town team i don't don't know i I really don't understand it other than to say maybe it was just a sports movie that wasn't made by sports people and they just didn't maybe they thought district was as far as you could go i i don't know like district sounds pretty formal so if if you're not a sports fan you might think well they won district that's that's pretty damn good maybe they didn't have to win anything else that's my only guess is that it was just an oversight, not an attention to detail moment from the people making the movie. I don't know. I mean, you yeah, had, you, you had a teacher is, that's uh, a stripper in the movie. For, that's so, true. So I <laughs> that's mean, very true. At that point, believability maybe mostly goes out the window. My only, my biggest guess is that some kind of sanctions were hit after the whole Kilmer thing, because you know the the local town reporter had to be like, "Hey, so you guys played the whole second half without your coach? What happened there? Oh, he was trying to give a guy an illegal, you know, uh, some you know pain medication. He was trying to trying to dish out some Toradol or whatever it was. Okay, well, you, you guys probably shouldn't be allowed to play anymore. I don't, I don't think, I think this football, this program needs to be reevaluated. Uh, it's always irked me. I, I wish it would have gone differently. My last question for you, 
if you ran the final play from Remember the Titans a hundred times, and for for everyone listening, that is the uh, the jet sweep to Rev with Ronnie Bass blocking the entire way down, letting no defender get within five to ten yards of Rev. Looks like an eighty yard jet sweep for a touchdown to win State. If you ran that final play a hundred times, how many times would it actually work? One. I think I think we One. saw it. I, I think so too. I think we saw it. And if you go back and watch Rev and uh Rev and the, the quarterback make eye contact before the snap of the ball and they nod at each other, that's a dead giveaway right there. Any defensive coordinator, head coach, senior linebacker, worth his salt, is gonna notice that and know uh Maybe we should keep an eye on him in some capacity. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say we saw the only time that play would have worked if they ran it 100 times. And the opposing coach, the supposed genius, Ed Henry, sees that that wink, and he's like, they're going deep, cover deep. Like, sir, anyone who's ever played Madden knows that you're already in prevent defense. So there's no... You, you, they should have had, like, three guys just standing on the goal line waiting for Rev and Ronnie to get there. Uh, it is a, it's a really tough way to end a good movie. Honestly, I would have liked to have seen them find a different way to get that end score. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you know, even a maybe even a field goal or something. Honestly, I think that's why none of the serious quote unquote serious high school football films, uh, actual game plays, made my top three because I think it is so hard to do real football justice in a dramatic light. It's just so hard to suspend your belief and, and to say, like, that looked like a real football play. None of the tackling looks real. None of the play execution looks real. You're lucky if you get actors that look believable at the positions they're at. So I think that's why. I think even in a good movie like that, like Remember the Titans, it's just so hard to believe what you're seeing on the field. But then again, we see things that we wouldn't have believed if they were in a film in real football all the time. Like, unfortunately, this is too close to home for me, but the 28-3 to comeback by the Patriots in Super Bowl 51. If that was in a film, if that was in a movie, I would have turned it off. I think if the kick six was in a movie, I would have been like, this is way too unrealistic. This oh, is, absolutely. There's no way that would happen. Absolutely. Yep. So, and, and it's, it's things yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot that. of football on screen. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's things like that that make my, uh, my grandfather believe and still believe that Vegas controls the outcome of most sporting events. He really might not be wrong <laughs> at all. Uh, a lot of football is filmed in, in close cut, close up close shots and, and quick cuts to to try to keep some definition of realism. Because you're right, it's hard to you know just line up eleven actors and make them act out things that look realistic but uh you know we we've been blessed with some good movies in the high school football drama or in the the genre maybe not the perfect movie yet but the ones we got are pretty good Wes I appreciate you coming on this podcast talking high school football movies with me where can the folks follow you and find your podcast yeah uh my name is Wes Blankenship and on Twitter and Instagram I'm Wes underscore the letter in the word ship. I had to find a way to shorten an eleven letter last name somehow, so that's how I did it. And on podcast and YouTube, you can just search for Back Porch Sports. That's three words. And it's pretty much on all the major podcast platforms as well as uh, video form 
on YouTube. And I will link all of Wes's info in the show notes. I appreciate you coming on. If you've enjoyed this bonus episode of Big Screen Sports, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. You guys know the drill. Uh, next week, we're continuing DCOM December, breaking down the best and worst in Disney Channel original movies. Have a two-episode week, Luck of the Irish with Whitney McIntosh on Monday and Johnny Tsunami with my buddy Will DeFreeze on Thursday. So until then, thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.